Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. See, many people think Christianity is a religion. You'll have a lot of people. You'll invite them to church. Hey, you want to come to our church? We have, a, we have a great time. We have worship. We have a half good teacher. We have lots of kind of stuff happening. Why don't you come? And they'll say to you, well, I'm not like into religion. You know, your answer to them is this. I'm not into religion either. I'm into Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can change your life. I'm serious. They don't get it. Many of them were in religion, rules, regulations, ritual. No, he who the sun sets free, hallelujah, is free indeed. The world seems to run on formulas, doesn't it? Do this thing and you'll get a good result. Do this other thing, (laughs) not so good. It seems to help keep society running smoothly and for the most part, peacefully. But the tendency is to take the same approach with God. Follow his rules and you'll get to heaven. Don't follow his rules and, well, you'll go to the other place. Pastor Mark will be teaching today that that mindset is completely wrong when it comes to God. You'll be reminded that there's no way for you to be good enough to get to God on your own. So just accept His grace and be set free. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, Here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. As he continues his message, what do we do when God changes our plans? For many of you, your history and relatives is from Europe. Think of that. Because Paul obeyed. All of that happened. Now look at verse 2. As his custom was, Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days... He reasoned with them, think about that, from what? The scriptures. Did he come and say, I have Time Magazine, let me just tell you a little bit about what's happening in the world. No, he's using the scriptures, the Bible. And then he says this, verse 3, explaining, which I'll share with you in a moment, and proving that Christ had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus, I'm proclaiming to you, is the Christ. Now, that might sound strange to you, but let me tell you. When he gets here to this city, there's a Jewish synagogue. The Jews, there was a lot of Jews in that area. Thessalonica had a big population of them. But there were also pagan Gentiles, Romans. And many of them had converted to Judaism. Why? Because they were raised, the Romans, pagans, they worshiped lots of dead gods. They never had any life in them. Of course, they're going to worship Caesar. But many, many, many dead gods. You'll hear about later when I talk to you about in Athens. They just had thousands of gods they worshiped. But what did the Jews have? One God. 
the one true living God. So they transferred into the Jewish faith. So here's Paul. He's going to teach them. And here's what both of those groups, the pagans who are Gentiles and come to become Jews, and the Jews, neither group know anything about Jesus. Now, the Jews knew from history there was supposed to be a Messiah, but they didn't believe the Messiah came at all. So here's Paul, who was exactly like those Jews, didn't believe it until God came down and said, "Uh, hey boy, who's talking to me? The one you were persecuting. Who are you? Jesus. Whoop, boom. He got it. So he's going to be there. What do you think he's going to teach? What name do you think he'll use? Do you think he'll use Paul? No, he's going to use the word what? Say it with me. Come on, say it with me. Jesus. What word do you and I need to hear? Come on, Jesus. Because he's the only answer to the whole world's problems. There's no religion that can answer that. His name is Jesus. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. No man comes to the Father but by Jesus. That's the powerful name. You will hear that on CNN all the time. Never, never. Now, notice what he said. I'm explaining, proving that Christ had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I'm proclaiming is this Christ. So they needed to know why. For sure, the Jews and the pagans went, well, why did he have to suffer? Why did the Messiah have to suffer? Why did he die? Why was he raised from the dead? Proving, well, that was the whole proof from the Old Testament. That would be the Messiah. So he began using the scriptures to show the truth to the people that believing in the risen Jesus was absolutely reasonable. Notice the words. Explaining, reasoning, proving. Now here's the interesting word. The word explaining in the original language means this. To open the mind to cause to understand. Now, where would Paul learn to use that word? Well, in the Old Testament, we see an opening of our mind. Can I just say this? Opening of our mind, opening of our spiritual eyes to see truth. Here's the verses. This is in the Old Testament. This was the prayer that the Jews used when they were studying their Old Testament in those days. Look what it says. God... Open my eyes, my spiritual eyes, to see the wonderful truths in your instructions, which is the Bible. By the way, sometimes when you look at the Bible, we look at the Bible, we don't really understand what it means. That's why you have pastors. I don't understand everything, but I try to explain to you what the scriptures are saying with an application. See, if you just give information... You just walk out of here, it's useless. We're talking about information that transforms our life to be more like Jesus. That's why I use the illustrations. So they would pray this in the Old Testament. God, I don't understand. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. Then Jesus did something amazing. Remember, Paul spent time with Jesus after he was converted, alone in the deserts of Arabia. And Jesus gave him a fast course in Christianity about Jesus and all the things that he needed to know. And notice what it says. Then, Jesus speaking, then he opened their minds to understand 
the scriptures. That is exactly why we teach the Bible. That's why Bible-believing churches, evangelicals, teach the word of God. Why? Because people are blinded and cannot see the truth. Now, let me remind you. We have two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. Every unbeliever, all of us were, before you converted and became a believer. We were in the kingdom of Satan. And the scripture says, Satan has blinded the eyes of the unbeliever. So they cannot see the gospel. In other words, I can mention the word gospel, but it meant nothing to me. It meant nothing to Paul. But Satan has blinded the eyes so that people can't see the only way to get forgiveness and to go to heaven. He's blinded their eyes. Now, why would he do that? Because he doesn't want to lose anybody in his kingdom. So what are we to do? That's why Paul was there. He's going to explain what? Open your eyes. Remember what I said to you? The word explaining? Open our mind to understand. The Bible teaches that those blinded eyes can be open to the light of the gospel. When Paul would go and talk to, oh, kings, leaders, he would give his testimony. Look what Paul says here. He got this plan from God for his life. And he would say to the individual, I'm here to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to what? To light. And from the power of Satan to who? The power of God. Now that's transformation. Then they will receive what? Forgiveness of their sins and given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. That was Paul's plan. Let's read this last line together. God's plan for every Christ follower is to be a light to those in spiritual darkness. You say, well, I'm not an apostle. No, but you're a Christian. I'm supposed to be light and salt. Every unbeliever around us, they have no clue they're in the darkness, spiritually. But they are. That's because Satan's a great deceiver. You didn't know how to come to the light until the light was exposed to you through the preaching of the word of God. Somebody shared truth with you. And when that happened, by the way, let me just share this with you. I'd like to say to you that I can open blinded eyes. Sorry. You can't. Billy Graham couldn't. Only God can. But what can I do? I can pray for blinded eyes to be open. What was Paul doing? He's building a bridge from the Old Testament to Jesus. He's building a bridge. Look at this verse in the Old Testament, Isaiah 53. Kind of a prediction what was going to happen to Jesus. Look what it says. Surely he, Jesus, took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. See, the Messiah had to suffer because he had to pay the penalty for our sins. He came to offer himself as a sacrifice, taking our place in judgment. These people knew none of this. Now, the Jews knew that verse, but they didn't equate it to Jesus who had come, went to the cross, and was raised again. So, notice this. 
Paul was centered in his teaching, always on the person of Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean we don't teach other things. I'm teaching something else today along with that. But it all reverts back to Jesus. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. There's no way to get to heaven without Jesus. See, many people think Christianity is a religion. You'll have a lot of people. You'll invite them to church. Hey, want to come to our church? We We have a great time. We have worship. We have a half good teacher. We have lots of kind of stuff happening. Why don't you come? And they'll say to you, well, I'm not like into religion. You know, your answer to them is this. I'm not into religion either. I'm into Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can change your life. I'm serious. They don't get it. Many of them were in religion, rules, regulations, ritual. No, he who the sun sets free, hallelujah, is free indeed. See, there's a difference. Now, Christianity is just that. It's simply a lifestyle centered on the person of Jesus. Now, after Paul preached, how many think Paul would have been a pretty good preacher? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Look at verse 4. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of the Greeks. See, they didn't have a prejudice. They just heard the first time Jesus could do everything, and they're going to Jesus. And not a few prominent women. So rich women came to Christ. Many, many God-fearing Greeks that were pagans came. And a few Jews. It's important to notice that just a few Jews came. It doesn't matter who they were. Sometimes you and I, we get discouraged when we share the gospel with people. Because we really sometimes have an unrealistic expectation. Pastor Mark, every time I share the gospel, absolutely going to get saved. And man, probably 10% of them are going to be pastors. I'm just so excited. That's unrealistic. Only some came. Why is that? Because it's a battle. They're battling. What keeps a person from becoming a believer? Their pride. I don't need anybody in my life. I'm leading my life just perfectly. I make my own plans. Thank you very much. But eventually, it leads to what? A dead end. So don't be discouraged. I wish every time I preach, every person that was an unbeliever, I don't know who you are. I know you're here. I wish every unbeliever would come. That's not going to happen. Because they have to make a decision to do that themselves. So you just wait for God to open their eyes. So our responsibility is simply to share the gospel and then live a life so people looking at us can go, I want that. I like that. The gospel message can impact any person. It's powerful. Don't be ashamed of it. When we preach the gospel, the power of God goes forth. Now look at verse 5. So all the good things are happening. The church is growing. It's moving toward Christianity. But look at verse 5. But the Jews who didn't believe were jealous. So they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. And they rushed to Jason's house. Let me just share with you. Jason was a believer. He came to Christ in Thessalonica. And he had these people staying in his home. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. Now, remember, when God is changing people's lives, Satan hates it. When we step out, Satan always steps up. Don't be afraid of that. That's spiritual warfare. Now, notice the motive of the Jews. Jealous. People were leaving their synagogue to follow Jesus. Not a dead religion. They were jealous. Now, verse 6. Now, when they did not find them in Jason's house, they dragged Jason and some of the other brothers, believers, before the city officials, shouting, These men 
who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here. I like the New King James in this better. Look at this verse in the New King James. Those who have turned the world upside down have come here too. What does that mean? How many of you think that our world today, spiritually, is upside down? Okay? How good is it to have a drink when the cup's upside down? See, many people think that was a compliment. That was not a compliment. We don't want these people. They're turning our world upside down. No, guys, your world is upside down. They came to turn your world right side up. Do you get it? See, upside down, you'll never be happy. There's no purpose. There's no meaning. There's no peace. There's no joy. It never works. God is here to turn our lives right side up so I can enjoy the blessings of God. Do you got it? Now, I want you to see something. What was happening in that town? The gospel was having a radical impact in the lives of individuals and the whole community. You say, well, Pastor Mark, that was thousands of years ago. The mission of the church, Jesus said in Luke 19, 10, I've come to seek and save the lost. Why were Paul and his whole group in Thessalonica? To seek and save the lost. To do that, who do you have to preach? Jesus, the gospel. Guys, I want to see our communities in Vieira, Sebastian, and Melbourne having a radical impact because of your witness, our teaching, the power of God. Anybody here would like to see a radical revival of people pouring in and coming to Christ? (laughs) Hallelujah. You say, well, Pastor Mike, that's really not God's plan. Uh, Excuse me. (laughs) Of course it is. But we're not all Paul's and Silas's or Luke. But we're all Christ followers. And see, that simply means that that's who we are. We're here to accomplish what God exactly wanted. Now, look what happens. You know this verse very well. What does radical mean? I'm not like talking about the radical, you know, all, all the crazy things that are happening in our countries and all over the world, Rome and everything. The airport in Germany is closed. You can't get a half the things out. Like thousands of flights canceled. Now we have people in the government this week. Paul wasn't into the government. He was into the gospel. Don't get focused on the wrong crazy thing. But remember this verse? Paul writes it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, look at it. He's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Right side up. Right side up. Now, verse 7. And Jason had welcomed them into the house. They are all, here's what they're claiming. They're all defying Caesar's decree, saying there's another king. See, the Jews that were upset were saying they knew how to get the Romans' attention. The Romans worshiped Caesar as God. And they went and they said, they're worshiping somebody. That's treason. That was not at all Paul. Paul wasn't interested. He's talking about a spiritual king. King Jesus. That's the one we serve. Now look at verse 8. When they had heard this, the crowd 
and the city officials were thrown into turmoil, they made Jason and the others postpone and let them go. They had to make a guarantee, and they had to pay for it. And what happens to Paul? Look at verse 10. As soon as it was night, the brothers sent Paul and Silas. Here comes another change. Paul and Silas away to Berea. Now look on the map. Watch what happens. Where were they? Thessalonica. Now they're going to, Paul has got to run for his life. He's got to run for his life with the whole crew to Berea. And when they get to Berea, things are going really good. And then the radical Jews in Thessalonica hear about it. Now, they didn't have text. I don't know how they heard about it. No newspaper, no nothing, no phones. They came to Berea and started the same thing again, a riot to get rid of Paul. Now, why would that be? Spiritual warfare. They knew what was going to happen. Satan knew what happened in Thessalonica. Satan knew what happened in Philippi. Now, if you're Paul, are you saying, God, really? I just ran in the night for one. Now, I have another one? Yeah, because people's lives are being changed. Now, let me show you what happens. He has to leave Berea. And look where he goes. To Athens, Greece. Now, I don't know how long that trip was. It's longer than 100 miles, I guarantee you. So here's the whole group going down here to Athens. And he gets into Athens, and Paul goes in, and there are so many gods where he goes. And you know, the Greeks there said this, we have an idol to the unknown God, because they didn't want to miss out on one. And you know what Paul said? I want to tell you about the one true living God. And, of course, he mentioned Jesus. Well, he left there. Look at the last little place. See it right at the bottom. Corinth. One of the worst sexual cities in the world at that day. He went to Corinth. And here's will it start meeting something to you. At Corinth, he writes his first epistle in the Bible to First Thessalonians. He writes back to the church. And he encourages them. Then he has to correct a little of their doctrine. Remember, it's pretty much of an infant church. And so that's why I tried to give you this overview today of all the changes Paul had. He didn't get angry. He just submitted to the will of God. All those changes. He knew God was doing what he knew to do. Do you think God said to Paul, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know any of that would happen to you. Not at all. He knows everything. And when he went, what we see at the end is one thing. Changed lives in a new part of the world. That's why we're here, church. We're not in Macedonia. We're not in Athens. We're not in Corinth. We're not in Thessalonica. We're here in our cities to change this world for Jesus Christ. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark told you about the results of Paul's obedience to God. One result was that many people heard the gospel and responded. The other was that Paul and Silas ended up in jail. Pastor Mark reminded you that God's idea of the right place to be might not be what your idea is, but that he has a plan to use you to further his gospel truth. 
you don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Well, this ends Pastor Mark's teaching, What Do We Do When God Changes Our Plans? Next time, he'll begin a brand new message called Prayers and Thanks for a Healthy, Growing Church. Pastor Mark will be giving an overview of 1 Thessalonians, explaining the reason that Paul wrote the letter. He will then illustrate how Paul's writings apply to you today. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team, your lessons for living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.